Welcome to Digging In with ONN, a podcast focused on issues that matter to the nonprofit sector. I'm your host, Yami Kenny, joined by my co-host, Kavita. As you heard in our podcast last week, ONN is the Ontario Nonprofit Network. And our vision is to build a strong and resilient nonprofit sector, thriving communities, as well as a dynamic province. This series of Digging In with ONN will focus on decent work using an intersectional lens that centers truth and reconciliation, racial justice, and practices of equity to support the sector. For today's episode, we will be talking about decent work and are joined by our colleague, sector leader on decent work and policy advisor, Pamela Opal. Pam, can you give us a brief (laughs) overview of your brilliance and work at ONN? Thank you <laughs> for the warm welcome. I don't think I've ever heard myself as a sector leader, so thank you, grateful for that. Uh, so as you guys shared, my name is Pamela Upal. I'm a policy advisor at ONN, and I've actually been at ONN for a little bit over four years. I started my journey here leading the Decent Work for Women project and now lead policy files on decent work, the future of work, and care economy. Uh, gender equity it has been sort of the lens that I've done all my work through, intersectionality, and that's sort of what I bring to my policy files, as well as the decent work movement building we've been doing at ONN. We're so lucky to have you present today. Let's dive into the first question. Pam, what is decent work? Why is it important to address mm-hmm. within the nonprofit sector? Great question. A lot of people will say, well, shouldn't we have more than decent work? (laughs) Decent work sort of just implies minimum standards, Um, but that's not true. So decent work is a term coined by the International Labor Organization, or ILO to be um, for short, to describe what good work looks like, fair, stable, and productive. The term inspires both movement building around good work and actions across various levels. And at ONN, for us, that means actions at the organizational, network, and policy levels, um, all of which is to make decent work a reality. Decent work specifically ties together the goals of social protection, economic security, thriving businesses, and community well-being. So it's not just about meeting minimum requirements, but that good work is important for everyone in our communities to thrive. So although the ILO has many measurements for decent work, there's seven key ones that we at ONN have determined align well with the sector. And these are employment opportunities, fair wages, health and retirement benefits, stable employment, opportunity for development and advancement, equality rights at work, and culture and leadership. An intersectional lens on these indicators illuminates how decent work impacts diverse workers, which is of particular importance in our sector since 80% of the non-sector, the nonprofit sector's workforce across Canada consists of women. And although we don't have a lot of data on worker demographics, anecdotally, we know that many of them are black and immigrant women. Mm-hmm. So the concept of decent work is really values-based, which is why I think it resonates really well with nonprofits. So just as equity, inclusion, collective, and well-being values underpin our sector's missions, I think they also underpin decent work, so that the pursuit of work does not come at a social and economic cost for some. Rather, it's a source of dignity for everyone. 
decent work is a critical pathway. Um, what we've sort of been working on, a critical pathway to gender equity, uh, racial justice, and reconciliation in the sector. Particularly when our sector's women majority and racialized workforce can access decent work, it ensures that not only do the marginalized communities they serve get the best care, but historically discriminated against workers have economic security as well. In this way, then, the sector can really move alongside gender equity, racial justice, and reconciliation movements. Whew. Do you see why we asked Pam <laughs> to be part of our, like, our first episode on decent work? So much. Absolutely. Just didn't even skip a beat. Uh, well, this is what you get, you know, working on this for four years. Um, this is kind of where I would say our thinking has you know, led us to in the four years, the work that we've been doing. And I know you guys also asked me, you know, what, why is it important? Why does decent work matter for our sector? Uh, and, you know, it might sound, sound cliched, but it's true. I think it's true. We all benefit from nonprofits that invest in decent work. As employees, we excel when we experience fair working conditions that are improve our quality of life. As employers, nonprofits can attract and retain high caliber staff and save money by offering good jobs. Funders, as funders, their investments move the needle on complex social issues and there's increased value for the funding dollar. And as a whole, as a sector, we're better able to achieve our missions in our communities because decent work builds a stronger, more resilient sector. Really, you know, our sector's biggest asset and vehicle for serving communities is our labor force. So if they're treated well, our communities will receive the best care. It's a win-win all around. There you go. <laughs> right? Right, Pam. So you like, I just, there's so much knowledge here, so much knowledge. And um, one of the things that came up as you were talking about, you know, you've been doing this work for four years. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you've been immersed in decent work movement building. And I love that you emphasized that it's not just about meeting the minimum requirements, you know, mm -hmm. but it's about going above and beyond and really finding ways to impact the sector to create decent working conditions. And I know you've done some listening sessions across, uh, you know, the province in regards to your work around decent work for women. So what are some of the things that you heard from the sector? Um, you know, you had mentioned the statistic around the nonprofit sector being a woman majority sector, and that we know it's often black and racialized and indigenous folks that have some of the most precarious positions. But if you can go into a bit more detail about what you heard um, within these listening sessions and also focus groups that you held around decent work. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, the Decent Work for Women project started in 2017 because quite literally ONN had an aha moment. We've been building this decent work movement at that point for a number of years, and we just realized like 80% of the sector are women. So how does that change what we do? How does that change our movement building? How does that change how we view decent work? Um, and so in 2018, I had, you know, the privilege, I want to say, because um, it was amazing, but to hear from over 700 folks who identify as women, in addition to other identities working in nonprofits across the province. Uh, you know, high level, what I heard was an immense passion for working in service of communities, but particularly for Black, Indigenous, newcomer women, women with disabilities, women from the LGBTQ2SI communities. It went beyond passion. It was about seeing pressing needs in their communities that were not being addressed by traditional institutions and stepping up to fill those gaps. 
I also heard disappointment with the lack of value given to their work, frustration at persistently low compensation levels, anger at the way in which sexism, racism, ableism, and ageism interconnected to deeply harm women workers in the sector. Uh, and even like sort of, you know, going beyond that, so that was sort of the individual outcomes. I think the other powerful piece from those learning circles was uh, this sort of direct connection between the fact that there's so many women who work in our sector um, and many of them BIPOC folks and how the sector's work is considered women's work, care work, and thus low valued um, and low waged work. Um, and so this feminization of labor in our sector, that connection really came out through through the learning circles. Sometimes it was implicit, uh, you know, when we're talking about like, let's say low wages, lack of benefits, lack of decent work. Um, and in other ways, it was very explicit. Um, women sharing with that, with me, you know, moments where they're experiencing sexism in board meetings or with clients or, um, you know, being told to do the administrative duties. Uh, you know, our Women's Voices report, which will be shared with this podcast as well, really highlights well all of those pieces that came out. And essentially that they were women's voices talking to us about what they've experienced um, and sort of way that, where they want to see things go. Through the listening circles, I know that uh, you spoke both to English speaking and serving nonprofits as well as Francophone. And mm -hmm. I know, you know, based on the report and the findings, there's some similarities. But, but can you speak a little bit to what might be different for Francophone communities or what might have been different through those learning listening circles? Mm -hmm. uh, so the one, the learning circles that we did in 2018 were all in English, and we had the opportunity uh, to do some in French this year. Um, so this was particularly targeted towards women, Francophone women, working in Francophone nonprofits across the province. And we held two set of consultations: one for frontline workers and one for executive directors or senior leaders. Uh, and to be mm -hmm. honest, the themes were the same. Um, this. Yeah, there is this, you know, again, like um, extreme passion and sense of duty. Um, and I would say, you know, no, that same layer of um, we're Francophonie, we can speak the language, there's many Francophonie immigrants. And so this sort of sense of duty for that community, particularly, um, and it, it trumping decent work, sadly, um, which is what we heard in, in the previous learning circles, right? Um, passion and sense of duty for communities trumping decent work. So yeah, there's women were experienced, are experiencing lack of decent work, but that passion and sense of duty for the community trumped. Um, that was more important um, at that when we spoke to women. So actually very similar experiences uh, were sort of highlighted in both. Um, a little bit differences in like how they sort of manifested, but quite similar. And even to paint a broader picture, you know, all the economic barriers or employment barriers women face in all other sectors, just generally, the same stuff is happening in our sector. We're, we have the gender wage gap. We actually have a racialized glass ceiling. You know, we have all of that. Just the difference is it shows up differently. Uh, we have a different sector. We have a women majority sector. We're supposed to be doing benevolent work. There's a charity model at play. There's a lack of resources narrative. And so that sort of influences how these barriers show up and how women experience them. Thank you. Whew. I know that's that's a lot. That piece around like the charity model and the benevolence and how that ties into the fem feminization of labor. 
like just spot on. And um, it makes me think also about uh, when you talk about decent work for women, the context and how it's it's a women-led majority sector. But then we also know based on some of the research and pod, future podcasts that we'll be doing that it's also a predominantly white-led sector, right? Yeah. So actually, we don't even say women-led. The reason, so quick story, we say women majority very specifically because- Story time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were sitting in an advisory council meeting early on in this work, and we had an advisory council member, and she's like, we're not going to say women-led because it's not women-led. It's white male-led. There's a lot of women in the mm-hmm. sector, and we can address that, and we can name that, but let's not say it's women-led. And actually, one of our findings, um, Yami, like speaking to what you were saying, was it looks like we have a lot of women leaders, but that's because we have a lot of small organizations in our sector, predominantly make up the sector. And all of those small organizations are women usually lead them, uh, and usually white women lead them. And then when you go um, get into uh, organizations that are bigger, have bigger budgets, etc., they're usually led by men, white men, if they're not like ethno-specific cultural organizations. Um, very rarely do you see women leaders in those big spaces, let alone racialized women leaders. You'll see you know, women leaders concentrated in women's organizations, or you'll see racialized women concentrated in ethno-specific or women's organizations also, um, immigrant refugees serving, serving organizations in those type of spaces. So we're very deliberate with using women majority because we don't, yeah, we don't wanna feed into that perspective that it's a women-led sector by any means. Thanks for that clarification. That's that's really helpful. Um, and also the power of language and framing uh, the conditions, the working conditions. Is, and that's a primary thing that we're trying to do is not only use language, but frameworks to identify what decent work is. So Pam, what does approaching decent work from a policy lens entail? How does it support the decent work movement building? I would say employment standards, so labor policy in any way, really is the backbone of decent work, right? Um, In order for organizations to be incentivized, to say it in one way, or have that infrastructure to be able to offer decent work, we need good labor policy. We need strong employment standards that are backing that up, right? Um, And so, and that particularly means making sure that the labor standards raise the floor for everybody. So it's not just, you know, decent work, if it's uh, offered by an organization, it sort of only speaks to their organization and those that are working for them. But employment standards apply to anybody who's in a labor position in Ontario, right? Um, and if we can really target those uh, employment standards and labor policy to really look at who's at the margins of the labor market, that's when we can truly make a difference. Uh, and so one of the things that we, you know, we've been doing with decent work from the get-go is alongside doing movement building within the sector and at a network level with individual organizations is also doing decent work policy advocacy. Um, so whether that's, mm-hmm. you know, employment standards, like I was saying, um, whether, and that includes like permanent paid sick days and minimum wage, which reflects living wages, uh, equal pay for equal work across employment standards statuses, but it also means, um, 
you know, sort of shining. I, I, I like to think of decent work as a prism, another metaphor. Uh, and you sort of Love use all, all these different lenses. Like we have our gender lens, we have our intersectional um, racial justice reconciliation, and you use that to shine it into the prism. And then what comes out are these different lights, but actually different analyses and different actions we can take. Um, so even when it comes to policy, it's about looking at paid transparency. Yes, that's, you know, for um, targeted towards women workers and women workers, but it's equally as important, um, pay equity legislation, ending misclassification of workers. So all these uh, employment standard and labor policies really have that, they're sort of the foundation for, for decent work, right? This is what organizations build their decent work practices on, uh, and they're just more incentivized to do so if it's legislated. Did that also include gender diverse folks? There was, we did have an effort to include gender diverse folk. Was the representation representative of those that work in the sector? I don't know, slash I don't think so. I say I don't know because we don't have official... LMI. So there's there's nothing okay. to sort of benchmark to, to be like, well, 10% of the people who work in our sector are gender diverse folks. So we're going to have 10% representation in our learning circles and survey. Couldn't benchmark it to that. Um, what we could, what, you know, the, we had some representation and so, but not enough to draw conclusions. So that was sort of my benchmarking or my point of analysis. Um, we de- definitely had representation from a racialized women workers in the sector, um, comparable to what I think would be the benchmark, um, and enough to draw conclusions. We, same with immigrant women. We did a specific focus group with women with disabilities, so we were able to draw conclusions from there, um, and we had Great. good representation around age and subsector, etc. Uh, we did not have enough representation from Francophonia women, Indigenous women, and gender-diverse folks to draw conclusions. Okay. That's really helpful to know. Which is why I'm always really conscious. Like sometimes, um, you know, in say making generalizations about what we found, I try to sort of name, well, based on, you know, these groups of folks, we can draw conclusions. Thank you, Pam, um, for identifying some of those um, realities that showed up when, you know, talking about decent work for women and and also like the realities of, of you know, some of the gaps. And we know that that's something that, you know, you're going to continue to engage with. Um, and I know through our de- decent work, work, decent work, work, that we're going to be continuing um that we are hoping to hear from more Indigenous uh, voices and gender diverse voices. And this work is ongoing. And I think that's that's the real, that's one of the key takeaways for me today. But before we go there, mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to thank you for all of your insights. It was super valuable. I've learned so much. It's funny, we work together and I'm <laughs> like, wow, I feel like I got this awesome primer on decent work yet again and just loving it up and loving up on you for showing up and sharing all of your wisdom with us. Um, Some things I'm walking away with are really um, the emphasis on the feminization of labor and how decent work is really about creating the conditions. So it's not a 
this is a basic, this is decent, this is good enough. It's how can we step up our game to ensure that, you know, employment spaces in the nonprofit sector is responding to the needs of workers, especially those that are the most marginalized within the sector. And so big up to you and all of the amazing work that you've been doing. And um, yeah, just wanted to emphasize those takeaways. Kibito, what about you? What are your takeaways? So for me, and same thing as Yami, I, you know, Pam and I officially work together, but we don't get to work together necessarily very often. So I'm really happy that in this way, I get to hear from you sort of in more detail about, about the work that you're passionate about and, you know, something that you have been working on for, for many years. You can tell because you just so naturally can speak about it in, in a really meaningful and insightful way. I think the takeaways for me, you know, the term intersectional always pops up for me. And I am really happy that more and more policy work is taking an intersectional lens because I think that's so important, you know, to, as I said in our, you know, inaugural podcast, all of us or none of us, that's something I really you know, take to heart. And I, I want everyone to sort of take that approach to all the work that we do, especially when it's social justice related. So I think I'm really happy that ONN sort of, you know, pivoted along the way and adapted its approach to decent work and and is um, cognizant of the fact that there were some voices missing and how are we going to improve upon that in the future. The other thing, you know, it's sort of funny as you work in the nonprofit sector, you I've always figured, well, I'm one person and this is my, you know, one experience and it's maybe not indicative of a pattern in the sector. But as you say, the sector is white male led and it's like, yeah, that's sort of been <laughs> my experience is, you know, either white woman or white man led. And, you know, it's funny to talk about the smaller organizations and the bigger organizations. And I think sometimes folks think, oh, well, based on the mission of nonprofits, it must just be better oh, in this sector. And it's like, no, we have all the same issues that every other sector does. Right. And we have the same historical problematic foundations that other sectors do right. and that we have to do the work to dismantle that. So yeah, lots to think about. And, you know, we're sort of recording this podcast early in October and what is approaching is decent work day. And so that day may have passed by the time you're listening to this podcast. But just to let you know that October 7th is decent work day. And it is an opportunity for you to talk about decent work, to raise awareness about this work that is being done and really support the work um, of Pam, but also every everyone else that's sort of advocating for um, the advancement of mm -hmm. decent work, not just for women, but decent work in the nonprofit sector. Oh, thanks, guys. You should invite me more often. <laughs> so many nice things uh, that you guys were able to say. So yeah, no, it was awesome being here and sharing some of the insights we've had. I am so looking forward to the work, Yami, you'll be, you're doing uh, and Kavita on building the decent work movement from where it is today and sort of where it goes. Um, and I'll sort of end by saying, you know, 
it's just beginning. There's so much opportunity mm-hmm. in our sector to grow and grow organically, to be the sector of choice to work, to really do good in community and continue doing good in community. Uh, we've seen that through the pandemic, how important we are, how much, how needed we are. Um, and I think we just need to sort of get better at focusing on the future and um, thinking about all those opportunities and how to seize those opportunities and, you know, really thinking about the future of work, thinking about care work and care economy, thinking about, you know, how do you um, continuously keep advocating for employment standards to make decent work a reality, uh, to keep keep doing that work and building cross-sectoral partnerships. Um, so it's just normal. It's normal to have livable wages and it's normal <laughs> to have a benefits plan or, a, you know, a top-up yes. plan or a pension plan. So, um, yeah, the work continues. I don't think it'll ever finish. Uh, it just, you know, the conditions in which we do this work will continuously change. But thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you, Pam. Thank you. And thanks for everyone for tuning in to the podcast. We're your hosts, Yemi and Kavita, and we hope that you'll join us for future episodes as we dig into issues that matter to the nonprofit sector. Make sure to rate, subscribe, share, so you'll be the first to know when episodes are live. Deep appreciations for Pam. And as Pam referenced, there will be resources at the end of um, the webpage that you can access, um, as well as more information about decent work for women. So those resources will be linked below. We also wanted to let you know that we have an upcoming conference on October 27th and 28th, 2021. You can find out more info at theonn.ca. That's T-H-E-O-N-N dot C-A.